0: You don't even like sports.
1: Welcome to You Don't Even Like Sports, a podcast about sports for people
0: who don't like sports with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May.
1: Hey, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome.
0: You don't even like sports.
1: You don't even like sports. You don't even
0: like sports.
1: Welcome to the last in-person podcast of 2020. You don't even like sports. We are recording this on March 12th. We are one day away from March 11th, which feels like the 9-11 of the coronavirus outbreak.
0: 3-11 of it, yeah. Yeah,
1: but we're still doing this in person for now. This studio is getting shut down for a couple weeks but we'll still be recording don't worry because i am
0: riddled with viruses
1: yeah we're we're quarantined together so me and jeff are just going to do podcasts for Ooh, this would minutes. be
0: like the lighthouse with a less funny ending yeah yeah it would just be a murder
1: ending hey hey jeff yeah do you remember this i do oh here it comes give me that sweet sweet alan parsons project riff
0: they really took a while to really get to the meat of this. Okay, here it is.
1: There it is. What you people are hearing at home is the Chicago Bulls entrance theme song. This is what they would do, I think
0: probably still do, whenever they introduce players for was, a game. I always thought Van Halen's Right Now was the obligation yeah. Champion, Chicago. This
1: Bulls team, man. Like, this, I think, is one of the best, probably the best entrants in the NBA. They just introduced Scottie Pippen. Or did they? And guess who they're going to introduce next? Chasing him right up, hot on his heels. Run, Scottie!
0: makes he like does that fake flinch punch at Scotty Pippen <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You looked
1: punch him in the arm Luke Longley long legs is more like it right Ron fucking Harper He's fine Ron Hooper. cuz he plays
0: basketball And then there was this last guy Magic Johnson best. Taken out by eights. Oh, man.
1: Does that ever bring back
0: some memories—they're faded out. It's going on too long. There used to be a Star Wars um, MMORPG, like a big role-playing game that you play on, and the character that I created was Michael Jordan, and his name was just Michael Jordan, and then he just wore <laughs> like a spacesuit, and he was just clearly Michael Jordan, and I would just run around and build skills while being Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, the this like I barely need notes for this episode because this yeah, is I think so. This is prime prime sport and time in my life as an illinois sports fan i lived in wisconsin for most of the bulls second run of championships but i remained an illinois sports fan and oh man this period in sports history is one of my favorite it's it must be a little bit like how you felt when you still watched football and the patriots were just winning yeah. all the time yeah, yeah like it's was, nice
0: it almost got boring Yeah. Like we need a bad season to rebound from. Yeah. The thing with the bulls,
1: like when we get to the end of this and Dennis Rodman talks about why his time with his team ended, he implies that they would have won a fourth championship. And I'm not so sure. I feel like the bulls, like people started figuring that triangle offense out a little bit during that last championship run. And so uh, I'm not so sure, but this team he gets traded to because at the end of the last episode, uh, we we mentioned he got traded to the Bulls
0: for Will Purdue and some cash, a couple of bucks, a couple of bucks in a mid tier, just a trash Dude. player. Yeah, that's, and that's a bench, that's
1: a bench warmer right there. Hard. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And he gets traded to the Bulls. What a perfect fit. It was uh, an ideal situation, but the the reason. Like, he's the reason this 3 Pete is so special to me. Because as as an Illinois sports fan, I've seen all my teams win. I finally saw the Cubs win a World Series. That was very special. The Bears won a Super Bowl, like, the year I started watching sports. They beat the Pat Riots. So that was cool. Beat the Patriots 46-10. to 10, Biggest margin of victory in Super Bowl history. And then, even before this, I had seen the Bulls win three other championships. But this was different because they had Dennis Rodman and because Michael Jordan had recently retired <laughs> retired, retired wink, wink, wink wink nod nod uh and had come back and he came back and started fucking dominating i had a friend that had a 45 jersey oh yeah 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 jordan if people don't remember had to wear a 45 for a while when yeah. he came out of retirement and then yeah. eventually was just like,
0: fuck you. I'm taking 23 back. Those 45 jerseys were worth a ton. Oh, yeah. The official ones. Oof. Yeah, so thing, after things went south with the Bulls, or
1: er, with the Spurs, Dennis Rodman gets traded to the Bulls. And the thing about the 95-96 Bulls, they are the greatest team in NBA history. Their record that season was 72-10, and 10, which remained the best record in NBA history for 20 seasons until the Golden State Warriors during the 2015 2016 season. 73 and 9. 73 and 9, but lost in the NBA Finals to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Bulls did not lose in the Finals the year they went 72 and 10. No, 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 no. no. They not gonna do that. dominated the Finals and then won two more Finals after that. One, two, three more Finals. No. And. It's hard to put into words how dominant this team was. Yeah, they just pushed everyone's dicks in the dirt consistently. Yeah, there were there were times like even when you would get into the playoffs with this Bulls team where it just felt like they were kind of toying with the other team. Like there was just no way they were yeah. they were treating it like practice. Yeah, and it's kind of like it's almost it's almost an unfair era in basketball history and yeah here's here's a here's a an example that's uh similar but different maria sharapova just retired from tennis and when she retired people like like she has a very storied career she's won a lot of fucking tennis matches except but <laughs> could never beat serena williams because who could yeah and it's almost unfair to hold her to that standard because no one was beating serena williams i mean look at carl it's like yeah, carl malone is the sharapova of this story carl malone reggie miller patrick, patrick ewing. ewing all charles Bur well did Barkley – no, win? Barkley did not win. I don't think he won a – he did not win a championship with those Houston Rockets teams. He was playing for the Phoenix Suns by then. Uh. So, yeah, there's all these players in NBA history that because they were playing at the time this Bulls team was becoming a dynasty, they just never won anything. They, they never won any titles. And there's so many players that Jordan kept from winning titles. Carl, you're right, Carl Malone, John Stockton being... Yeah, it's
0: funny, though, because you're like, yeah, it's an unfortunate era. But also, like, right before this era of the Bulls was the Lakers and Celtics. So, right. like, there, there's always been consistently dominant, like, four consistently dominant teams in the NBA. And that's still happening right now. Yeah. Like, when you look at it, it's...
1: Yeah, right now it's Lakers, Bucks, Clippers, Celtics, Celtics are pretty are, good are doing pretty right well. now. Yeah. But like
0: they're not but you know there's always like a there's always going to be a handful. It's not it's not as evenly spread out as something like Major League Baseball. Right. Like baseball seems a lot more spread out and even football to a lesser extent. The NBA it's it seems like a lot of like like guys teaming up to figure it out.
1: Right. And I I feel like it's sort of lost to history how important dennis rodman was to this bulls team because people what were you gonna say i he gonna "Get get the ball yeah like well people forget jordan didn't come back at the beginning of the 95 96 season he came back around the midpoint of the 94 95 season and the bulls made it to the playoffs but they lost to the orlando magic in the Eastern Conference Finals. And so they weren't, until Dennis Rodman arrived, they weren't that same team that had won three championships already. And after that season, after Jordan came back and they lose in the Conference Finals, during a meeting with Bulls chairman Jerry Reinsdorf, Phil Jackson, who was the head coach, uh, spelled out exactly what he felt the team needed. This is a quote. Phil said, if we're going to have, let me start over. Phil said, if we're going to win a championship, we have to have someone who can fetch the ball. That was the expression he used. That's a quote from Jerry Reinsdorf. Another quote. We knew Dennis had worn out his welcome in San Antonio. He took off his shoes while he was on the bench and all that. But we said he'd be the
0: perfect guy if our players would accept him. It's funny too, because as we graduate, through this series of the trade. And you're just like, I wonder how some people are going to react and they re- react as brilliantly as they possibly can. Right. Cause what it really comes down to is what's Scotty Pippen going to think? Yeah. Because he has been molested by Dennis Rodman his whole life. His whole playing career has gotten fucking abused. By yeah. And so he's like, it makes sense to be like, yeah, get him on the fucking team.
1: Well, yeah, and that's it's kind of representative of why the Bulls were as successful as they were. They thought like fucking champions, champions yeah. and they thought like winners. So when Scottie Pippen was presented with this, he was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, Of
0: course we, we need th- Dennis Rodman. Are you crazy? I think it's for like the winning, but also like, yeah, because then I won't have to get yeah. murdered by him. Yeah, then I won't get punched in the face five times during every
1: playoff series. <laughs> Funny if he
0: still did. Yeah. Just, we just let him do it.
1: Just every intro, he comes up, jabs, yeah. Scotty Pippen in, the ch- in Couple, his prominent chin. Real quick double jab. <laughs> pop, pop. They the also- Price we pay for
0: a championship. But
1: yeah, the, the Pippen and Jordan both were like, yeah, of course we should get Scottie Pippen. The Bulls reached out to a psychologist before they brought Pippen on and they were like, how Rodman? How how or yeah, before they brought <laughs> Scottie Pippen is a problem. <laughs> yeah, they they reached out to a psychologist before they brought Rodman on and they're like, how do we do we manage this guy? How do we keep him from being a problem? And what the psychologist told them was just ignore everything else yeah and let him play basketball yeah, as long until he hurts the team right just fucking let it go and that's what the bulls did like he was still Dennis Rodman yeah. like off the court he was definitely Dennis Rodman he was still a uh, kind of dirty player who racked up a lot of technical fouls and, and did a, a lot of showboating
0: but showboating but he was fucking great. He was. And uh, it's funny, too, because a lot of times people will be like, oh, you know, like, you know, you didn't hold him to the same standards like, well, as Michael Jordan. And it's like, well, we didn't pay him what Michael Jordan was making either, so it's fine.
1: Right. Like, and he wasn't there to be
0: Michael Jordan. No. Like, that's always been Dennis Rodman's thing. He was as bad as he want to be.
1: Right. He was just there to get rebounds
0: and play defense. Yeah. And, and his NBA Jam st- uh, stats were out of control for defense because of that. Oh, yeah, right. He'd be all the way maxed out on defense. Yeah. As he should be. I still have NBA Jam. I need to hook that up to the. Fuck TV. yeah, dude. It's fucking great. Absolutely, you should. It's something to do during quarantine. Yeah. Run, yeah. He's run a couple of seasons on NBA Jam. The version of NBA Jam I have,
1: the Chicago Bulls are Scottie Pippen and Charles Oakley. Oakley. So it's
0: post Horace Grant. Oh, wait. No, you're right. It's Horace Grant. Charles Oakley is on the Lakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I like how I I don't know much about basketball until you get NBA Jam, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Let me tell you who's on what team."
1: Yeah, let's talk about basketball.
0: Yeah, you want a, uh, an Isaiah Thomas and Joey Dumars uh, team up on Detroit? Go for it.
1: They they end up acquiring Rodman, and uh, it it goes really well. It goes. Uh, I believe the word is swimmingly. Yes, it goes swimmingly. This is probably the most stable and
0: successful. Period in Dennis Rodman's life. Yeah, he's surrounded by, I mean, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. And, yeah, that's going to create stability.
1: And one thing we've mentioned a whole lot throughout this series is that Dennis Rodman is extremely coachable and he has a very high basketball IQ. The Bulls at the time, we won't get into all the details uh, for people who don't care about sports, but the Bulls at the time ran this system called the Triangle Offense. And it was a very intricate offense, and it took very smart players to pick it up. And even then, players sometimes struggled picking up that offense. Dennis Rodman immediately comes in and takes to the Triangle Offense. So it it was a natural fit in that way. They also the Bulls did another really important thing. Remember Jack Haley? Yeah, buddy. They bring in Jack Haley, who by this point it was pretty obvious was just there
0: to kind of watch Dennis Rodman.
1: Yeah, and keep him in check.
0: It's which, like when you had uh, Tim Tebow for uh, Aaron Hernandez.
1: Yeah some 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 babysitters are more successful than others. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean tim tebow uh did, did not fine. do a
1: great job keeping an eye on aaron yeah, but hernandez he's doing okay yeah tim tebow's fine yeah. jack haley it seems did a little better job keeping an eye on rodman at least during this time and uh yeah this team goes 72 and 10 the bulls and rodman very quite literally needed each other without yeah. dennis rodman the bulls don't win these three championships Without the Chicago Bulls, I personally feel like Dennis Rodman would have been in the league maybe another year or two and would have just not. Yeah. Like, he would have been a footnote. And instead, he's a, a Hall of Famer. He is in the fucking Basketball Hall of Fame. And it's because of these three years he played with the Bulls. 2011.
0: Yeah. You got to remember, too, he won defensive titles during at the same time that Charles Barkley and Hakeem Olajuwon were playing. Right. So, like, what does that tell you about him as a player and the people that elevate him by putting him around? Yeah. You know, good people elevate. He gets elevated by, by good people around him. Yeah. And, and, like, LeBron is different in that regard. Like, LeBron will always be LeBron at that certain level without lifting the people around. Right. But Rodman is is lifted by those people.
1: Well, that was the magic of Michael Jordan like Jordan just kind of instantly made the people around him a little bit better. Jordan is yeah, the reason when you're,
0: when you're drawing double coverage, I think a lot of that's going to have to do with it too, right?
1: Yeah. He he would get double teamed a lot, but he also like, there were all those games where he would feed like Steve Kerr for the game winning three pointer fucking Steve Kerr. Like Jordan is the reason Steve Kerr is coaching the golden state warriors
0: now. You know who made it into uh, NBA Hall of Fame with Rodman? Who they went? Who went in together with him? Who's that? Chris Mullen. Oh wow! They called it the odd couple. That is odd. Yeah, like those were the two that went in. That were like the major names at the time. That is an odd pairing. Yeah,
1: yeah. But without the Bulls, Dennis Rodman isn't in the NBA Hall of Fame. There's no fucking way. I think one of the the most underrated aspects of all this. And the reason Dennis Rodman worked so well with the Bulls is because Phil Jackson
0: is a fucking weirdo, too. Man, what a terrifying weirdo. Because that dude, I mean, he's he's zen as fuck. But yeah. But like, he's also, what is he, 6'11"? He's gigantic. He's, he's a monster. Yeah. And he, he used to he's, play for the Knicks. Yeah. He's like a bundle of humans. Right. Because like, you know, when you see a lot of these tall guys in the NBA, they tend to be like more lanky. Right. He's not that. He was Shaq meat
1: wildly successful. The win in terms of NBA titles, Phil Jackson is the winningest coach of all time. He's won 11 NBA championships, six with the bulls five with the Lakers all as head coach. That I think is why Dennis Rodman thrived with the bulls. Yeah. Because Phil Jackson is also very eccentric. Like he's a grateful dead. Like he's a hippie. He's a basically, he's a
0: motorcycle riding hippie. Yeah. Dennis Rodman, not a big motorcycle guy anymore. Not anymore. Crash as I want to crash. <laughs> he's but, on a motorcycle on the cover of that book, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he should stay away from the cycles. How is he as a driver? As bad as he wants to be. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and Phil Jackson, they call him the Zen master. He's very calm. Like one of his one of my favorite things about him as a coach in NBA games, whenever you see a team. Uh, like when the other team goes on a little bit of a run and it seems like the things are getting out of hand, inevitably that coach is going to call a timeout and bring his players over so they can talk about it and hopefully get focused again. In those moments, Phil Jackson, at least when he was coaching the Bulls and the Lakers, he would not even get off the bench, much less call a timeout. Like he was known for just trusting his team to figure it out and get back on track without his help
0: and what that does is it gives you those strategically usable timeouts for later right which is that's what's going to end up winning your games you right. don't need to pep up michael jordan no or no. Scottie pippen that's not a team that you need to and that's also i mean look at who he was coaching with the lakers too yeah kobe and Shaq. like yeah. kobe and Shaq, they coach themselves so like, he's smart enough to know that he doesn't need to like yell at them and give them plays. He's like, they fucking got it. These are the professionalists of the professionals. Right. So now I'm going to save these for when I need to move the ball up a little bit more, or we need to get a better position or come up with a last second play at the end. You know, it's like every NBA game. It really the last minute and a half, you know, that's, yeah. that's where most of the last minute and a half takes 12 minutes. Right. There's a reason for that.
1: Yeah, and he always makes his teams meditate during practice, which I would be shocked if most teams don't do some version of that now. Meta world peace, baby. But in the 90s, no, that was was weird. weird. Yeah, That was really weird. Once you win six championships, people
0: start finding that shit a little less weird. Picture like Pat Riley doing that. (laughs) It's all angry and slicked hair. Just slicking everyone's hair back while they're... Talking. Trying to focus. Putting putting grease in there. So
1: Phil Jackson kind of took the same approach with Dennis Rodman, where he like if Dennis Rodman did something especially egregious or something that any other player would get fined for, like missing a practice or showing up late to a meeting, he would fine him, he would discipline him, but he didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, he didn't he just, go to the press. Yeah, and he, he never complained about Dennis Rodman. None of the Bulls. Why ever would complained you? about Dennis Rodman.
0: Right, because they were fucking winners. This, dude, this dude's pulling down 19 rebounds. You're going to be like, man, he's a weirdo. Yeah, why is he gotta color his hair like that, man? Because he got his 20 fucking rebounds today, and we fucking destroyed the Pistons. Yeah. Like, what do you want? It was uh,
1: something to watch. Like, seeing that team and the way they work together, the way Dennis Rodman fit into that. Like, they, I honestly don't think they would have won those championships without Rodman. And I do think only Phil Jackson at that time was capable of coaching someone like Dennis Rodman because yeah, probably right. Like he was already at the point where teams didn't like, they saw him as a problem because he had all these issues in San Antonio where he didn't want to play. And then he gets suspended he keeps crashing motorcycles like teams were just like coaches. Didn't want to fuck with Dennis Rodman,
0: Dennis, Dennis, you're a menace. What are you doing? Dennis?
1: But Phil Jackson was like, fuck. Yeah. Like what? Like, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we take Dennis Rodman? Yeah. And they put up with his fucking antics and let him play. And
0: it was massively successful. Um, There's also something to be said about the city of Chicago and Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. And, There's something, and I know we're two white guys talking about this right now, so it's going to seem a little bit awkward. But there is something about an unforgivable blackness, like a a guy who is like, "I'm going to be me. This is what I'm going to be," and and someone that sort of isn't necessarily clean cut, and who represents, you know, less of a David Robinson kind of like, oh, 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 look at me, right? You know, where like he's just like, "No, man, I'm wearing fucking pimp jackets and shit." Like, yeah, it's
1: a far less conservative environment that's for sure yeah and that but that's really going to play to the audience as well and yeah as a bulls fan speaking from experience i can guarantee you we loved dennis rodman dennis rodman was like he was like it was get some rodman jerseys we should i just don't like i don't wear tank tops like you wear a shirt under under it i guess but i or a jersey shirt Anytime I see a grown man wearing a basketball jersey, that's the one jersey where I'm like, come on, you can't wear that anywhere else. I wear Dennis. Rodman completely Rodman jersey impractical to my, to my to my wedding. Well, when you get married, I'll buy a Dennis Rodman jersey to, Dennis, to wear to, to it. Dennis Rodman's wedding. <laughs> That'll probably happen any moment now. But yeah, I do. I I I honestly believe without Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman is a footnote in basketball history. I don't think any other coach in the league was going to take him. Yeah. He would have fizzled.
0: Yeah. And he did after he left the bulls, he he fizzled. Did okay with the Lakers, but not really. Yeah. Not really. He was chasing another ring at that point in time. I I think more of a, more than that, just a paycheck.
1: Yeah. I think it was more and living in LA, but yeah.
0: Like, like like why the fuck if you, he, he lived in LA anyway, right? I believe so. Yeah. So like, why wouldn't you just be like, oh, I just got to go downtown today just going to Uber. Yeah, I'm just going to take an Uber downtown. I'm going to take a 90s Uber downtown. Yeah. What is what is a 90s Uber? Like a rickshaw?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. Horse and carriage. There it is.
1: Yeah, during this time, Dennis Rodman also didn't have, like he did wacky, controversial stuff, but it wasn't detrimental to the team kind of stuff. And no. one of the first- maybe,
0: maybe your average homophobe might have a problem with
1: right. it. Right.
0: Yeah, this is where
1: he starts really pushing the boundaries- when it comes to wearing makeup, wearing women's the Marilyn clothes. Manson
0: of the NBA. Yeah, he's fine. But some people are like, oh, it's weird. He's a gay guy. Ooh.
1: Like the really high profile incident that stands out to me is the wedding dress. Oh, of course. Incident, which has to be one of the most effective promotional stunts of, of all time
0: yeah yeah he 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 said he met the love of his life right yeah he was he had just written
1: just released as bad as i want to be which we're going to do a whole separate episode about as bad as i want to be namely because the audiobook is exactly one hour long so that's easy research just i'll take it interested to see what he left out he had just released as bad as i want to be and he was on tour promoting the book and at one point during this tour he goes oh by the way i have met a beautiful and intelligent woman, and uh, I'm going to marry her soon. And people are like, what? What are you talking about? So then the next day, he shows up to a New York City book signing in a horse and carriage wearing a wedding gown and full makeup.
0: That was everywhere. Yeah. That was like the cover of every tabloid, every magazine. Oh, yeah. Him getting out of there. With the red hair, was it red he had, blonde, like he had a blonde wig. wig. Oh, it was a blonde wig. Okay.
1: And he had full makeup, full wedding dress, and he announces he's marrying himself.
0: I wonder if there are hints sort of being laid down that he might be trans, but maybe like still of a culture where that's not necessarily acceptable, or if it's just all gimmicky stuff. Because even with this gimmick, like, and what we've seen about the places he likes to go that are much more progressive and and comfortable that like, it's almost like dipping the toes of coming out. Yeah. Like you don't like to make that speculation, obviously, but at the same time, like, well, another
1: alternate explanation is at the same time, like we mentioned the last episode, what kept him from committing suicide? Grunge. Pearl
0: jam. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Grunge music. And if you especially look into the history of Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain did this same thing a whole lot.
0: Yeah, he he went on to the Headbangers Ball in a ball gown.
1: Yeah, he wore a ball ball gown on Headbangers Ball. He and Chris Novoselic uh, tongue-kissed during the SNL end credits. And he was just doing it to, in his words, rile up the homophobes. There was a lot of that at that time and i
0: think Especially Dennis Rodman fandom i think
1: well i think Dennis Rodman like good for him for taking that line of thinking into the nba because professional sports in general are just still to this day like insanely homophobic like yeah they are right woo
0: up top yeah All high right. five but <laughs> If you imagine if that got taken out of context, if somebody sound bites that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'd have a bit that I used to do on stage about uh gay rap lyrics. At the the start of the bit, I go, you know, one of the things I love about rappers, rappers are so homophobic. And then I just stop and go, Wouldn't it be shitty if I just stopped there? Yeah, just lift that like, the whole thing. Yeah. Thank you. Good night. It was really fucking brave of him so to brave. do all this shit. brave well like yeah no it is it what like in a sports locker room is a great place to get ostracized and
0: like although to be fair who would fuck with dennis rodman like to be like who on that team would be like i think i'm gonna haze dennis rodman yeah yeah you're not gonna wake up from that
1: no for one thing he's gonna cry And that's going to
0: hurt your feelings. While he's beating you And then he's going to beat you to death. There's a whole gamut of emotions happening.
1: But even if it was, like, from a physical standpoint, really safe for him to do it, it's still cool that he did that in in the 90s at that time. And brilliant. In professional sports. Yeah. Because it's one thing to do it in music where people have been.
0: The arts are one thing, but athletics. Yeah.
1: Oh, you're androgynous! What a hot take! Like that's been a thing in music since the '60s. Give me some freaky, freaky kids, man. (laughs) But you didn't get that shit in sports. Not until Dennis Rodman, and really not since Dennis Rodman.
0: Not now. No, not even close to that. that No. No. So that was cool. Like I, I was, I always thought that shit was fun. Yeah, you know what it was? It was the theatrics of professional wrestling. Yeah, like he brought that in that that sort of gorgeous George level, like because we got to remember too, like those guys they would bring so much heat, but people buy tickets for heat, right? People buy tickets to yell at somebody, you know. He was like looking at someone like Gold Dust at the time, right? You know, and just being like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Like because he's clearly a fan of professional wrestling, as we're gonna find out in, in future episodes.
1: Oh, for sure. This next incident I want to talk about kind of reeks of professional wrestling theatrics to me a little bit on all sides this is the one on-court incident that happened during his time with the bulls that really got him in trouble january 17th 1997 the bulls were playing the minnesota timberwolves at the target center which is a great venue by the way i've seen several concerts there
0: they uh used to get written up for not miking the nets properly that was oh, the really? only thing they ever failed on their NBA inspections. And the reason why is because Kevin Garnett says fuck too much and they couldn't oh, do it. Oh yeah. I had somebody that worked for the uh, bucks and they said every time we'd fail that, on, that was the only thing we had that wasn't perfect on the scoreboard. And they were like, "Your the mics under your nets aren't good. And so, cause apparently that creates a not great atmosphere for like the swishing and everything like yeah. that. And then she was like, yeah, except Kevin Garnett was so filthy that, like, the entire crowd would hear him say the nastiest shit on the planet. I like that. Yeah.
1: Good for him. He was great in Uncut Gems, too. Hell yeah. Uh,
0: so, at one point
1: during this game, Rodman falls out of bounds and trips
0: over freelance cameraman Eugene Amos. Or on the camera itself, it seems. It doesn't look like he actually touches the guy until after he falls down, if you watch the video. Yeah. Yeah, he trips over something. Yeah. And because there's a bunch of people, for those of you that don't even like sports, you don't even like sports, the terrain of there's like the small out of bounds area. And then there is just a row of professional photographers working for sports illustrated ESPN, the bulls themselves, the NBA, TNT, like all these different cameramen are just there and there's a little buffer, but it's only about eight feet. Right. So if somebody takes a spill,
1: it's going to be a problem. Yeah and Dennis Rodman took a spill and while he's sitting there next to the cameraman the cameraman turns his camera on Dennis Rodman cuz it's where he's supposed to be and Dennis Rodman does not take that well and as history has put it he kicks Eugene Amos in the groin he didn't really kick him in the groin he kicked
0: him in the leg It's what it looks like on the that's what it looks like in the video yeah the video is available
1: and if it like that might sound like us kind of uh discounting what happened to eugene amos but uh let's watch this video quick you and i jeff people will be able to hear this at least and we'll link to it so you can watch it
0: he kicked the cameraman he was really upset really upset Went up in the air, came down on the camera. You thought he sprained his ankle. Well, there's all kinds of equipment. Now, look
1: at the ref right or look at the guy he kicked he right now.
0: Now, the man acts like he's dying. Yeah, he kind of rolls over slowly.
1: You can hear the announcers are even like, okay, this guy's playing this up a little bit.
0: Fighting for the ball. And that's where he comes up to the camera. Steps on the camera. That's where he's upset. Getting some booze.
1: And we won't watch all of this, especially because the video is fucking up. It's 10 minutes long, too. He eventually gets carried off on a stretcher. That doesn't (laughs) seem necessary. No, but you kind of. The cameraman was definitely playing it up. But yeah, why wouldn't you? You have just been kicked By a professional basketball player at a game in front of television cameras. That is the lottery ticket of physical assault.
0: Yeah. Like, it's not going to hurt. You're assaulted on a millionaire with 38,000 witnesses along with possibly a million people watching at home or more.
1: Yeah. So, of course, you're going to act like you're hurt. Of course, you're going to seek a settlement because why wouldn't you? And he does. He he clears like 200 grand. Five days later, they settle out of court and he gets $200,000. And it's worth noting Dennis Rodman was not called for a foul or a technical foul on the court when this happened. Like everyone knew what was happening.
0: I mean, Dennis Rodman falling on the guy, like he ran into a large group of people and fell. That's not anybody's fault that was there. Right. I'm going to say that. Dennis Rodman kicking the guy. Well, that's Dennis Rodman's fault. The guy acting like a fucking sap and rolling over all slow and needing a stretcher. That was wrong.
1: Yeah, it was dumb of Dennis Rodman to kick the
0: guy. Yeah, Dennis Rodman earned that $200,000 penalty.
1: And it ended up costing him closer to $1.5 million because he got the $200,000 settlement. The NBA came down hard on him for yeah. this. He was, and so he kicked them in the nuts. So he kicked David Stern, killed David Stern. Yeah. <laughs> decades later, died from complications of being kicked in oh, the groin by, by Dennis Rodman. Rodman. He was fined $25,000 by the NBA also suspended indefinitely.
0: How bad are you when that's the second time those two words in that order have hit you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was suspended indefinitely by the Spurs. And then it's suspended indefinitely by the NBA for this incident. And he ended up being suspended eleven games without pay. And that's where the cost of this one kick goes up to around one point five million dollars because he Man. was making bank by this point. So Think every that money game he's making probably a couple hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, I'd say every game's probably like eighty thousand or something yeah. like that. Like pretty
1: that's nuts. Isn't that
0: nuts? So fucking nuts. It's so nuts you want to get kicked in them.
1: Yeah. It's so nuts that he can kick a guy and spend $1.5 million and still be relatively rich. It's D's nuts. These nuts. And yeah, by January 21st, they uh, they settled out of court. Eugene Amos dropped all criminal charges because
0: it was assault. Like Dennis yeah, Rodman. no. Like I know we're kind of on Dennis Rodman's side a little bit, but no, he, he fucked up big time on this.
1: Yeah. Shouldn't have done it. And uh, his suspension was the longest in NBA history until Ron Artest Whoa. and the Malice at the Woof, Palace. This Ron,
0: wasn't even close.
1: Yeah, Ron Artest put up Wilt Chamberlain's suspension yeah. numbers. He got suspended 86 games. Woof. We'll do, we'll do a thing about the Malice at the Palace at Why? some Why? You point. just murder several people?
0: <laughs> but throw n- a beer at Ron Artest, man. I don't think those people did. No, someone did. Yes, but I don't think the ones that got punched did. That's the thing. Like, what are you? Uh, what are you? How are you going to find it? Like, he beat up the concept of a crowd. <laughs> Who was it that was saying, like, you know, he's like a lot of times, you know, people were giving, you know, give a hard time to athletes, and everyone's like, come up here and say that. Well, he came up there. He came up there. And he said it.
1: Yeah. Another thing that happened during Rodman's time with the Bulls
0: that I somehow had just completely. Locked out of my memory. You told me this. You're like, I forgot this happened. I was like, oh, I will never forget this. I
1: completely forgot he married Carmen Electra. Oh. Yeah, I completely forgot this fucking happened. Uh, November 14th, 1998. They were in Las Vegas. They'd been dating for nine months up to that point.
0: good amount of celebrity time.
1: After a night of heavy, heavy, heavy drinking, which is the best possible time
0: to... Marry Carmen Electra. Make important decisions. To ask Carmen Electra a question. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair.
1: They uh they decide to to get married. Wedding happened at 7 a.m. Another good sign. It's the best wedding time, baby. Yeah. It's the best time. You're still three donuts in the in the lobby. And at first both families were really happy about this. In if you go back and read articles like Carmen Electra's family was like, cool. Dennis Rodman's family was way into it. And that lasted I all- I know why I'd be anyway. All right. You're gonna see Carmen Electra at all your- yeah, fucking hanging out. At the Christmas gatherings. Carmen Electra. Mm. That lasted about nine days. And then because in huh. where they got married, you have ten days to file officially and, and make the wedding official. Your lawyers have ten days. And on the ninth day, they announced, nah. Yeah, it's probably a mistake. We're gonna we're gonna annul this shit. So they annulled it. They annulled it, so everything was fine. His agent had been, there's this weird incident where before the annulment was announced, Dennis Rodman's agent, uh, a guy named Dwight Manley. <laughs>
0: Manley. got like neck tattoos and shit. <laughs> Big thick mustache smoking a corncob pipe. <laughs> this is a quote
1: from him. Obviously anyone that would marry somebody that was intoxicated to the point they couldn't speak or stand had ulterior motives of some sort. Who was that about
0: though? Yeah, I don't <laughs> like that's I the get thing. it. It's talking shit on Carmen Electra, but like she wasn't poor. No, no, definitely not. But she probably
1: wasn't Rodman rich. Like, I don't think Baywatch was paying her the way the no. Bulls were paying Rodman.
0: No, but you know, your residuals are gonna treat you well.
1: That's what makes the whole Tom Brady free agency thing so interesting. Because all these teams are like oh, like the Tampa Bay Bucks are have been talking about how they're preparing to make him this huge financial offer, and it's like, do you know how much money his fucking wife has? Yeah, he she's doesn't
0: way well. He doesn't yeah. need your goddamn money. I don't even know why he's bothering to do that. Yeah, fucking he why make, make everyone retired the minute he married Giselle? Yeah, why make everyone question whether you are or aren't the greatest when they're already saying you are? Yeah. Why go somewhere without the system that makes you great and be like, But think, oh, let's see how I do here. Also, you married Giselle Buncheon. You're the greatest. Yeah. Take a take a minute.
1: Yeah. Take a knee. Go make
0: some kids to smooch.
1: <laughs> his agent issues this statement and Dennis Rodman, in response to that, not stoked. Puts out a public statement that's like a love letter to Carmen Electra, basically apologizing for anything his friends or family might say. Who among us?
0: Hasn't publicly written a love letter to Carmen Electra. Right? Exactly. I would write one right now. I I literally have one in my notes. <laughs> and then,
1: after all of that, that's when the annulment is announced. the The agent gets all gloat happy over it. He issued another statement and said, I don't retract anything that was said last <laughs> week. I'm representing my client, Dennis Rodman, and nobody else in this matter. <laughs> my sole interest is Dennis Rodman's well-being. But then, Jeff... Curve basketball. Uh Uh-oh. They decided to stay married. Curve basketball. After all of that talk of annulment, they decide to stay married for a couple more months. Then Carmen electrophiles files for divorce. Yeah. She's like, no, I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They decide to stick it out and then realize, nope, we should not have tried to stick this out. And they end up getting divorced. Around this time, there's all these weird suggestions from Dennis Rodman's camp that he didn't actually write that love letter to Carmen Electra. Mm. For one thing, it was handwritten. His people were like, not his handwriting. And the suggestion, <laughs> That's not,
0: he doesn't do that.
1: <laughs> the suggestion was that Carmen Electra's people issued this statement to, uh, kind of makes things seem more legitimate. As it turns out, they didn't even see each other after the day they got married. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that the, the Carmen Electra thing happens. That's 98. That ends up kind of coinciding with the end of the Bulls run. One of, one of the most frustrating things for me about the career of Michael Jordan is that he came back and played for the Wizards because the way his career in Chicago ended was perfect. Yeah, He hit the game-winning shot in the NBA Finals, committed an obvious offensive foul, aggressively so that did not just pushed brian russell
0: out of the way forcibly killed his dad killed his own dad through gambling debts won millions of dollars and lost many millions more in gambling yeah michael jordan's gambling stories are insane
1: him and charles barkley yeah
0: they both have a problem
1: yeah oh yeah big problem that last bulls championship I remember feeling like if this goes another year, they're going to lose in the finals. So in one sense, I was happy the team ended, but I also like, I was a Bulls fan. I wanted them to stay together and their run. The reason things ended, at least according to Dennis Rodman, it was all about money. The only reason we didn't repeat four in a row is because Mike said, I want X millions of dollars and they didn't want to pay him. So he left, I left. Scotty left, and Phil Jackson left. That's
0: how the run ended. It's like the fucking Beatles breaking up.
1: Yeah, and it had to be a bummer for Dennis Rodman to go through that again because he had gone through it with the Pistons where had things been managed differently, they probably could have won a few more championships, but instead the team disbanded. And then it happens to the Bulls too. My most enduring memory of Dennis Rodman after the Bulls is and i think someone did find me this clip at one point uh he was competing in this uh celebrity skills challenge thing and one of the things he had to do was climb this mountain on a rope and he did it like he he completed the challenge and then he's on like hanging from the side of this mountain by a rope and he starts like hooting and hollering and celebrating and starts swinging back and forth so fast He eventually slams into the mountain and gets knocked unconscious and he's just laying like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Hanging in the sky unconscious from this rope after he had just got done celebrating.
0: He was on a great episode of pros versus Joe's as well. Yeah. He was literally shooting free throws on a treadmill (laughs) and like nobody could come close. He was just sinking them.
1: Yeah. Things get weird after he leaves the bulls, but one thing that I did find in researching this is uh, he and Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan are still they're, they're friends. Tight. This is a quote. We have so much love for each other now because we're not haters with each other. We embrace the fact that we had a chance to play with each other. We're friends. We're not calling each other
0: every day and hanging out, but when we see each other, we share the love. Scottie Pippen probably pisses himself whenever he sees Dennis yeah. Rodman. Dennis Rodman shows up right behind him. <laughs> Fucking piss puddle. Just push him. Yeah. So bitch. Yeah.
1: I li- that makes me happy though. I like that they still get along. Yeah. Like it's it seems like the Bulls were just a good relationship for Dennis Rodman yeah. in general. They Phil tried- Jackson even when he went to the was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Phil Jackson is the one who gave the speech Aww. to induct him. Pretty sweet. Pretty pretty sweet. And uh that's kind of the end of Dennis Robbins' glory years.
0: Yeah, that's that's it. Now all we have we're, left is uh we're getting into some circus shit after yeah. this. <laughs> it's going to go it's He's going to go go wrestle off the fucking rails.
1: He's going to wrestle Carl Malone in an episode.
0: He, he's, yeah, he's going to he D, he and Hulk Hogan are going to go after Malone and DDP. <laughs> the whole aspect
1: he teams up with Hulk Hogan. And then he teams up with Van Dam, And he becomes the commissioner of the lingerie football league. Why w- wouldn't you be? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mr. Carmen Electra. Of course he does. So oh, I guess he also might wear the lingerie himself. That's probably part of his rider. So that's our episode. This is so what do we got after? I think two more, maybe two and a bonus. I think we keep squeezing episodes into this. Like, we're we're getting more than we bargained for. Yeah, I didn't expect the Spurs to be a whole episode. We've still got to do his, like, Hollywood era. Because, I mean, we still have to do wrestling and, and his movies.
1: His movies, yeah. Uh,
0: and then we got to do fucking North Korea. And then... He's got some interesting
1: reality show stuff, too. He I, was on Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah.
0: I think that classifies under the Hollywood...
1: Oh, yeah, I suppose. ...era. And then that sweet, sweet North Korea episode. Yeah.
0: I cannot wait. Oh, and then we, I think we we said we were gonna maybe do um, some bonus con, bone con. We'll do some bonus episodes, and then it'll be
1: on to the next season.
0: Oh, we we gotta. We I gotta, don't know who we want to do, but I think I know. I think I know who we've got next. Do we have anything to plug? I wonder what the world is like right yeah, now. Yeah, what's the world? Yeah, yeah. Buy my fucking squirrel meat off the side of the road. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to sell to f- support my family I all of a sudden have. Give us a place
1: to seek shelter when we're walking the highways of America yeah. looking for a new place to live. Yeah, Potential tour dates disappeared. Yeah.
0: potential. Uh, check
1: us out on tour in 2021 if we're lucky. We should start buying fucking plane tickets
0: Yeah, now <laughs> for shit. Yeah, no shit. They are cheap. Really, really cheap. Flying in October. We'll buy that shit now. Yeah. Fucking round trip for 180 bucks. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I mean, check out our shows. Uh, obviously, the Unpops Network, you're listening to this. So unless you've bought this retroactively, listen and subscribe to Unpops. Yeah.
1: Help us uh, stay afloat.
0: Uh, I do uh, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed with Tom Ryman. Uh, that's through their Patreon. Um, Sideshow Sideshow with Jeff May uh, through Sideshow Collectibles. That's available on all the stuff. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, once live comedy becomes a non- terrifying thing you can see me at mint on card second friday of every month someday we had to cancel marches yeah we had to fucking cancel it it's such a bummer
1: yeah by the time people hear this i will have not seen anyone that i record with for weeks we'll be dead we'll be dead i'm gonna be doing all remote stuff after this so uh thank you for listening to the last podcast to involve actual in the room human
0: interaction everybody? yeah that's it everybody from uh, now on we're gonna be a straight up quarantine we're all gonna be
1: in our bunkers after this so uh we hope you enjoyed it
0: yeah later fuck face later
1: thanks god damn it bye, <laughs> bye.
0: <laughs>